The following is a sermon that was preached at Faith Lutheran Church in Sharpsburg, Georgia. For more information about our church or to hear past sermons from Faith Lutheran, visit georgiafaith.com. Thank you for listening. Are we there yet? Parents, it's like nails on a chalkboard, isn't it? You're on a trip, you're tired. Your kids are tired, your back's aching, your legs cramping. You had to tell the passengers in the back who have been arguing the whole time to quiet down, and you're just over the trip. And that's when you hear it, those dreaded words, are we there yet? In that moment, what you need more than anything else is patience, because what they can't understand is that you don't want to be traveling either. You'd much rather be at your destination, have everything be done with, but you know that part of getting to the destination is going on that journey. And to survive it, you're going to need patience. Today in God's Word, Jesus teaches his listeners about patience, about God's patience and also the patience they're to have as God's people. And to do it, he gives them a parable, a parable of a farmer, and an enemy, a parable of servants in a field, a parable of wheat and weeds. Remember when the Bible says the word parable, you can know that what's coming next is Jesus is going to tell an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. If you think back to last week, we heard the parable of the sower, right? Where the, the farmer goes out and spreads seeds in all different kinds of soil, showing God's grace that God's word is meant for every man, woman, and child that has ever lived. Immediately after the parable of the sower in Matthew's gospel comes the parable of the wheat and the weeds. And it has a similar theme. We again see a farmer spreading seed. But this time the problem isn't where the seed is falling. The problem is what kind of seed is in the field. Because the farmer went out and planted wheat. But that night, an enemy came and planted weeds where the farmer had planted wheat. Now, you may be, may be thinking to yourself that that parable seems a little far-fetched. I mean, what kind of enemy goes out and plants weeds in their adversary's field? While it might seem a little strange and not really the most nefarious strategy, uh, planting weeds in an enemy's field wasn't only historical, but it was also very detrimental. So you think about it, the fields back then weren't made for cash crops. They were made to provide food for your family and for the community. So if you have a field full of weeds, that just means less food for the ones that you love. But that's not where Jesus stops. He gives a little hint about how evil this man actually was. He said he planted a weed called zizania weed, which in the Middle East, it's a weed that looks identical to wheat all the way up until harvest time. And it's only at harvest time that you can tell the difference between the weed and the wheat. But at that point, it's too late. The wheat is already full grown, it has taken all the nutrients from the wheat, and it has left the farmer with a less bountiful harvest. But what's even more surprising than an enemy planting weeds in an enemy's field, is what the farmer says. The servants come to him and they ask, hey, do you want us to pull up these weeds? And he says, no, leave them alone. Let them grow up together. And his reasoning was that if you're going to pull up some weeds, well, it looks just like the wheat. So you'll probably pull up some wheat as well. 
And he wasn't willing to risk that, so he said, leave the weeds alone. If you've ever had a garden before, you know just how obnoxious weeds can be. And if you're not careful, and if they spread too far, they'll start killing your plants and give that garden kind of an overrun look, kind of a neglected, not taken care of look. You look at it, and if it's in a neighbor's yard, you're probably thinking to yourself, why don't they do something about this? You ever looked at God's kingdom and thought to yourself, it looks a lot like a field full of weeds? It's kind of neglected, not taken care of. God says that he's in control, but you look around and see a whole lot of evil that suggests otherwise. You look around your world and you see that the people who cheat, the people who are lazy, the people who break the law, well, they're the ones who seem to keep getting farther ahead in life, but the ones that are actually honest and hardworking, well, they're the ones that fall behind. God says that he's in control, but you, you hear on the news and see in the media that the minds and the hearts of the people seem to be drifting further and further away from God's truth every day. And sometimes it might be difficult to not scold God, like he's a neighbor who hasn't taken care of his garden, and say, pull the weeds, get rid of the evil, take care of your world. Because those weeds are getting closer to us every day. And it might feel that they're getting closer to the ones that we love, and it makes us nervous, it makes us afraid. In those moments, it's important that we don't start blaming God for the evil in the world. God is not the source of evil. Remember what Jesus said in his parable? An enemy did this. Satan did this. This is not the way the world is supposed to be. God planted wheat. He didn't plant weeds. And as a farmer who wishes for a weedless crop, he wants every single person in this world to be a believer in him and to receive his grace, but... There are people who have separated themselves from God and his word. They're the unbelievers. They're the weeds. But God is patient with them. God is patient with them, not for the sake of the weeds. He's patient with them for the sake of the wheat. Let me explain what I mean. If you think you hate injustice, God hates it more. If you think you hate dishonesty, God hates it more. If you think you hate stealing, or killing, or lying, or dying, God hates him more. But what he's willing to do is to put up with it for a little while, because you know who happens to be complicit in the dishonesty, the stealing, the killing, the lying, and the dying? Us, sinful human beings. God puts up with the weeds for our sake. God puts up with the weeds, and because he does, we got to hear God's word. And faith was planted in our hearts, and God puts up with the weeds so that the whole world can continue to hear that same word that was planted in our hearts, so that as many people as possible will come to faith in their Savior, Jesus. God is not out of control. No, everything is going exactly how God wants it to go, because God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. So he lets believer and unbeliever live together, to grow up together, so that as many people as possible might be brought to faith in him. So when it seems like the weeds are choking out the wheat, and when it seems that there's not much wheat left, we don't have to be those servants that thought that 
they have to put it all on their shoulders. That's all up to them to fix the problem. We can be the servants that trust the master of the house, that he knows what he's doing. After all, this is God's kingdom, and we can put our confidence in him. But the fact that God is in control doesn't mean that living with weeds is going to be easy, does it? The disciples knew that full well, and that's why they came to Jesus asking for an explanation to this parable, because they had a lot on their plate. They had already started to see some of the woes that came with being a disciple of Jesus. They had heard some of the difficult teachings that Jesus brought to them about priorities and about persecution. And what they didn't know at the time was that they had only gotten a little glimpse of what being a disciple was actually going to be like. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus tells them, You will be handed over to be persecuted and to be put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. And Jesus' prophecy came true. Of the twelve disciples that were there when Jesus gave the parable of the weeds and the wheat, ten of them were executed for being a follower of Jesus. They knew then what we know now. Living with weeds is not easy. But the weeds in our part of the field might work and act a little bit differently than the weeds that tortured and imprisoned and killed the disciples. But that doesn't mean that they're not dangerous. If you give any weed long enough, it will kill a plant. But very rarely does it do it quickly. It will do it slowly. In a similar way, a faith that is surrounded by sin and immersed in a sinful lifestyle can very easily begin to die if we're not careful. So what might the weed's influence look like nowadays? It might look like a professor who vehemently asserts that there is no God. It might look like a co-worker who invites you out late on a Saturday night, not considering your worship plans for Sunday morning. It might look like a significant other that's willing to take things too far before you say, I do. It might look like a social media page that is full of pictures that you shouldn't be looking at, words that you shouldn't be hearing, Messages that don't bring you closer to God, but bring you further away from God. And it's hard. It's hard to discipline yourself as you live your life, keeping yourself out of those sinful situations and from conscience-dulling media. But even though it's hard, we keep at it. And Jesus' encouragement for us today is to keep living as the wheat in the world full of weeds. He calls us to be patient. Because the explanation he gives of the parable to the disciples, he also gives to us as well. And the explanation is this. This will not last forever. God allows the weeds and the wheat to grow up together, but there's a day that is coming when the two will be separate. There's a day that is coming when the influence of the enemy will be gone and we'll be free. Everything evil will be destroyed, but as Jesus said, we will shine like the sun in the kingdom of our Father. We must live with the weeds for now. We must endure the effects of sin for now. But God's patience and our patience don't have to last forever. Judgment day is coming. But we don't have to be afraid. Think about it. What farmer plants a wheat field and only does it for the entertainment of watching the the plants grow? You plant a wheat field in anticipation 
of Harvest Day. In the same way, Jesus didn't make us Christians because he wanted to be entertained by watching us live good lives. Jesus didn't make us Christians because he wanted us to live our best life now. Now, Jesus made us Christians in anticipation of the day when we can all leave sin behind and be with him in paradise forever. So are we there yet? That might be the question that you ask yourself as you live as weeds in a world full of weeds. But when living in this sinful world gets difficult, and when you look around and you see a world that seems to be out of control, hear God say to you again, be patient. And know that it is because God is love that he is patient. He will let us live among the weeds for now, but one day soon, he will give us the destination that he's always promised for us. So be at peace and full of hope, because harvest day is coming. And on that day, we will know that God's destination for his people, it was worth the wait. Amen.